right, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of the panel discussion here. I'm one of your three hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside my good friends. Greg Norton. And Chris Gell. Yes, there they are. Welcome back. Another week of comic book review. A um, little bit of news and stuff today. New York City Comic Cons this past weekend. Um, I mean, not a whole lot of news out yet so much. Nope, just a lot of trailers. Uh, five minutes of Aquaman, which looked great. It did look really good. Classic suit return, which I was a big fan of. It looked good. Yeah. It looked I, good. Uh, DC re- redeemed themselves so far with these trailers. The Titans trailer, as much as it's still hard to get over, like... Starfire's look and and the, a younger Raven. I actually really like this trailer. It's like Dick Grayson is a detective, and I didn't know that they were going that route with it. Um, much different look. I'm I'm starting to have some hope for Titans. And then Runaways trailer. Runaways just looks like it's going to be another fun season. Yeah. So looking Good. forward. And then more Aquaman news today. And a Hellboy trailer this weekend. So. Oh, good, good, good. That's phenomenal. Um. Yeah, all- so yeah, so actually this is actually coming down the pike uh, late last night. Uh so this is the final season of Gotham as everybody knows and they're yes. going all out. Bane's coming. Ooh. Yeah, they, it it was a tease but it's basically like so Bane's coming to Gotham. I know uh, I sent you guys the link the other day. Yes. Uh Dark Avengers um is being that's, uh, yeah, I did see that. Th- that's in production and development now. So Marvel's got a lot of weird projects in development now like that. Eternals, um, Eternals. I feel like Phase Four is going to be super goofy. I'm it's going to be super. It's going to be super, super, super weird. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. I told you guys how I would hope, wish that DC would connect their universes somehow because it's just so just All over a disaster. Um, Jeff Johns teased a multiverse like with DC Universe shows and just show like they actually may release a universe map. That'd be great. So, um, it's a lot of little stuff. Nothing, yeah, nothing uh, major. N- nothing crazy has come out. The Dark Avengers thing I am excited about. I told you guys, John Hamm for, for Norman Osborn. Which is, I, yeah. I, I'm feeling that. He yeah. really wants to be in a superhero movie and, uh, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that. Uh, Chris Evans did do a farewell message. Yep. Leaving the Avengers for, uh, seen that. Out of an arrow, so, man. So, that's crazy. So definitely getting, that, that's big news. In the way of like Avengers, we know now. Okay, certain things are changing for sure. Uh, more name teases. They said now Annihilation is a possibility, Ooh. or Eternal War is the other thing I heard, or Eternity War. Okay, uh, and that one makes a lot of sense with the introduction of the Eternals and stuff. So, uh, who knows? Good. I mean, I I just hope they keep expanding. I don't want to see them slow down. Uh, I just want to see them keep pushing. Yeah, yeah, just keep pushing, uh, and and just keep the universe going because I would hate to see it. In my lifetime, die out, fizzle out, and then I still re-brand. think we have at least ten more years before like MCU. If Kev- once Kevin Feige steps down, maybe. Yeah. But I think as long as he's in control, he's just trying to make it as big as possible. I think if anything, it's going to speed up, especially with the acquisitions of X Men and the Fox, um, the Fox titles. Right, right, right. So. That's- um. I don't think he's so much, you know, like so much will step down. I can see him being the president of Disney one day because of how well he's done. Uh, another weird one that's in development, Thunderbolts. So they got a lot of weird movies in development right now, um, for Marvel. So yeah, Phase Four is going to be interesting. Ooh, one announcement. I guess it's not technically, it, to me, it's still comic book culture yeah. in a way, but Disney did announce the Star Wars TV show. On the Disney streaming channel, Ooh. run by John Favreau, which is awesome, and it's Mandalorians. So I'm I see super excited. Taco with TD is directing an episode. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple people um, directing really, an episode. Yeah, like Bryce Dallas Howard is. Yeah. A bunch, like yeah. That's and awesome. um, Pedro Pascal, who a lot of people know as Oberyn from um, Game of Thrones, is going to be the main character. So it sounds like a really good series. This tied off. So yeah, good. All of our I need something to get me back into Star Wars after uh, Episode Eight. Yeah. So. Um, well, there's a ton. There's been a lot of Star Wars news this weekend about Abrams probably changing some stuff up and and maybe fixing some of Rain Johnson's uh, changes. I know Hamill is confirmed to be in Nine. He's already filmed three different scenes. Yeah. So. So, and then just uh, next week is the pr- starting premiere of all the DC shows are back on CW next yeah. week. So DC uh, Daredevil's yeah. back up October nineteenth. We're gonna do a do a Daredevil episode 
Um, change up our format. We we love Venom. It went a little longer than planned. We're going to change up the format a little bit. You have to wait, yeah. tune in and see for that. So The uh, Gifted uh, has been two episodes in for the season two. Okay. Uh, pretty cool. Like They have a Hellfire Club, but they're kind of treating them like the Brotherhood of Mutants, yeah. which is really neat. Uh, but we're getting the Morlocks. They teased them. So yeah. I'm actually really excited about it. Good. That. Very good. I love the Morlocks. I do thoroughly enjoy them. Um, all right, you guys ready to get into it? Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. If you're new to the show, never heard us before, what we do is we take an old book and we take a new comic book that was released within the last month and we grade it on five categories out of ten. Art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. Um, to speed up the show a little bit, we're going to cut out fan choices for the time being and we're going to eventually open up our horizons a little bit to more independent uh, books. So we're still open to suggestions uh, on new releases and on the Facebook page. So if you're not a part of that, find us, the panel discussion on Facebook, and leave us a suggestion. I'm sure one of us will pick it up. Uh, who wants to start off today? I can start. Okay, absolutely. Right. What is your old book? Uh, Superman, The Man of Steel, in, and it was involved in the Reign of the Superman storyline, and this was... Uh, 1993 October 1993. So oh, okay. yeah, so a 15 uh, or I'm, yeah 15 year uh, comic book. Uh, uh, this was here. Um, oh, is it 15 years? No, I'm sorry, 23. Yeah, five. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How old am I? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 25 year old comic there book. There you go. Uh, um, pretty cool. It, it's right in the middle of that storyline where Superman comes back from the dead and Cyborg Superman is trying to basically control the world. Yep. This is pretty cool. Um it's it's a team up with with Superman and it's the the classic black Superman costume and he's got like a giant like AK forty seven. So uh this is not your uh not your everyday Clark Kent. Um I'm but, okay with that. <laughs> to uh, summarize it up here uh him and Steel um they're actually actually trying to shut down this engine that's going to like change the Earth's orbit and it could possibly destroy. Well, Mongol shows up and actually Mongol wants to make the engine destroy the whole Earth. So he's teaming up right now with Cyborg Superman, but Cyborg Superman wants to control the world where Mongol wants to just destroy it. Hmm. So Cyborg Superman wants to make it like a post-apocalyptic war land and Mongol just hates all humans. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So there's a nice little back and forth fight between uh, Mongol and, and, uh, and Superman, where Steel goes and, and tries to find, uh, well, he actually tries to stop the engine. Um, a cool thing, you have a little side storyline where, like, so now everybody believed him to be dead, uh, Superman. So Lois is dating somebody, and now she finds out Clark's alive from the news. So she has this really awkwardness with this guy that she's, like, dating, because <laughs> now she's got to basically, like, tell him, uh, Sorry, Superman's back. <laughs> uh, so while there's that, that fight between uh, Superman and Mongol, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, Cyborg Superman is really cool in this. He's like a almost like a techno virus. Like he comes Ooh. out of like he said he can go through wires and computers and all this and really neat. So there's just a nice little back and forth between them. Um, oh, and while this happened too. I guess Mongol and uh, Cyborg Superman in previous issues destroyed Coast City. So your boy is on his way, Green Lantern. That's right. I thought you were uh, about to say Booster Gold. No, well, That's my <laughs> other boy. Is it? So Green Lantern's on his way, and actually, I guess the follow-up issue to this was a Green Lantern comic, okay. which is pretty cool. And he's like post-parallax Green Lantern. Yes. He's got the white hair. I like it. Um, So there's just some really cool fighting scenes, and I... They didn't name her name, and I don't know if it was Wonder Woman or someone else, but somebody was helping Superman. Apparently, they were invisible, and Mongol, like, sprays, like, oil on him to kind of, like, see a silhouette. It's a woman, but they never name drop her, hmm. and she's not even in any of the previews or anything. So oh. I was a little confused about that. Uh, we go back to the fight between Cyborg Superman and Steel, which is really cool for 1993 and all, like, they're trying to, like – do the art of like metal and love the art and cyber and just all that cool stuff. Um, this is before they really knew what the internet could be, <laughs> you know, True. uh, but there's a pretty nice back and forth there. They stopped the engine from, from controlling the orbit. Uh, so it's a success there, but now, you know, 
now Cyborg Superman's going to kill Mongol, and then he's going to take care of Superman and and steal. Like That's he's cool. mad that Mongol was like thwarting his plan. Right. So, so yeah. So it's a nice little read. It's a quick read. Um. This whole giant storyline was a huge thing in 1993 after the death of Superman. So, yeah. um, I know that was a big deal. Um, I liked it. I, I actually went basically all DC this week. My other one's a crossover, but, How do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, it was, I'm not a Superman guy. I'm going to, him and Thor are probably my least favorite of the big superhero right, worlds, right. So, but I, it was enjoyable. Um, to kind of get into the rating system, uh, I'll start with artwork. Um, the artwork was cool, and it's funny that transition period where they go to the, uh, I don't know, the the the, the uh, other type of pages, the glossier pages, I guess right, you would say. Right. This is like right before that. So, but it's got that glossier page art, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It's not like the runs I read from like '88, where it's kind of that still old '60s style. So, very cool. I would give the artwork. I, I'll give it an. I'll give it an eight. It's very okay. neat. Very okay. cool. Um, action. It's a lot of fights. Um, the little storyline with Lois Lane is pretty cool. Oh, and another line I forgot. So now she's having coffee with this guy and telling her, kind of talking to her about, she doesn't allude that Superman, that Clark and Superman are the same person. And he goes, he's like, well, but she, re- he realizes she's in love with Superman. He goes, well, did Clark know all those years that you were in love with Superman? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God. So not only is this guy getting broken up with, but now he's knowing that she had two loves. <laughs> So, or he thinks I like that. Yeah, it was like I said, it was a nice little thing. Martha made an appearance too, and all that. Martha, um, so <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> so, uh, but action, a lot of action. Um, I, I'll give, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it an eight. There was a lot of action on this. All right, I'm surprised I'm rating this book this high. I really am. Um, story, right? Yeah. Well, look at you. You're memorizing the. the uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I'm proud of you. Not bad for We're, we're being efficient today. So. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, story, uh, it's a really cool story. Uh, you didn't, you kind, they gave you a nice thing of what happened before. I mean, you had to know Superman died and came back, but they even kind of mentioned that to a little bit. Um, it was, it was cool to fight. Uh, I liked the little tension between Mongol and Cyborg Superman, how they have different plans and they're teaming up with each other. The steel, Superman stuff's pretty cool. Um, and when they talk a lot about Superboy saving Metropolis, so the, it, yeah. it, it's connecting really well. Um, but so you know, I'll, I'll give that a seven. Cool. Okay. Because you know, I don't get the full story. Uh, s- dialogue. Yeah. Dialogue. This is where I disconnect a little bit. Some of the, it's a lot of like. Fancy, dancy, mechanical, like, words and, <laughs> that I don't think, like, a kid would know what was going on with, cause they're in Engine City doing this fight and everything. So for that, um, for that, I, I, I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. It told a good story, but the dialogue's a little, it's a little, uh, scientific. Okay. And that's the thing about Superman that, that I always kind of felt disconnected. Um, and then as far as rereadability, I mean, this is a cool little book. I've always been a big Steel fan. I like that Shaq movie. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I I just got unfollowed by everybody who listens to our podcast. <laughs> I didn't. I, Shaq's cool, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. So I've always been a Steel fan. Um, so I would probably pick this up again just because Mongol and Steel are two of my favorite characters cool. in that Superman universe that I'm not a huge fan of. So, right, right. You know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, wow, I rated uh, So, yeah, so. For rereadability, did I give a score for that? Nope. Not yet, oh, no. Okay, uh, I'll give it a seven. Seven. I must be in a good mood. I think so. 36 out of 50. Uh, so, that's, you are very generous. I did not expect her to give it. It actually did look cool. It looks like a fun yeah. read. It, 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 it is. I, Greg, you'll love it. I have. I know you will love this. I have the, there's special covers. It's like Superman, and when you open it, it's got like the logo. When you open it, it's. The logo is actually on the chest of Steel, Superboy, and Cyborg Superman are the three I have. And it's like their introduction to the death of Superman. So I actually have a lot of those. I like it. I like that series a lot. It's cool. I I, I will say this. I do kind of want to pick up the Green Lantern book because that's cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg, how about you, bud? Yeah. I'm going to keep the DC train rolling. We did pretty good on our old books. I'm proud of all of us. Uh, I would have had this is a very DC dominated show. Today. Well, we did have very pro Marvel list. Yeah. I would have, we would have had almost all DC had 
like Heroes in Crisis not been so popular and me have to wait for two weeks to to do it. <laughs> but uh, I would have been almost all DC. All right. So I read The Spectre. I'm excited to read this. Or I was really excited to read this. This is from – this is an issue one from December 1992. Uh, I didn't know a lot about Spectre. He was in an animated episode of something once, like a movie. And then Green Lantern was briefly the Spectre after um, he died while housing Parallax. So this is a really interesting one for me. It, I mainly picked it because it's got skulls over, and I was like, "All right, let's go Halloween style. It's October." Um, so and there's a Candyman ad in the back. There's a Candyman ad on the back. I know it freaked me out. Picked it up. I didn't want to put. It, I didn't want it anymore. Um, so this opens with Corrigan, who is the current Spectre, and you kind of. Get him walking through, and he's looking for this guy, Lewis Snipe. Snipe, uh, they kind of explain it later, but also if you know any of the Spectre stories, Snipe was someone who snitched on Corrigan when he was, he's a dirty cop at the time, and he was working with the mafia, and Snipe snitched on him and got him killed. Um, so Corrigan is looking for Lewis Snipe, who is now 50 years older than the last time he saw Corrigan, and on his deathbed in the hospital. You get this kind of cool, you just see him as a, a human and as he's walking upstairs um, into the hospital, there is a social worker there named Amy Biterman, and she kind of closes the curtain to work with her client. And as she does, you just see the specter hood and cowl like behind the curtain, and he appears to snipe and starts asking if he recognizes me or recognizes him and um, wants him to remember and wants to find out the secrets he knows. So... They're sitting there and he's talking and he reaches down like he's about to kill Snipe. Right. And the social worker like opens the curtain again and kind of heard everything she, he was saying. And he's like, well, it, you sound like you're hurting. Like, can I help you with anything? Being a typical social worker. And he walks away from her and he's like, no, there's nothing you can do. Um, I'm fine. And she's trying to like help him. And he says, sorry, I'm beyond help. And you see this like cool little uh, these skulls flash in his eyes. And she has – it's there is something weird. She's kind of like, ooh, he's pretty cute and pretty weird. Like I'm kind of into him just off that quick exchange where he, <laughs> she just heard him talking about being full of pain. And then she looks back to say something to him, and he's like down in a group of people at the on the stairs. Oh. A group of gang members actually then open fire and do a drive-by shooting on the people he's he just appeared next to. Uh, trying to kill another, they have a hit on another gangster. This is where it gets cool. All the bullets just go straight through him because he is already a ghost. And she watches it, and he like goes full specter. And the gang members are looking back like, "Oh, did we kill him?" And they drive forward, and as they turn around, he's now like a giant tunnel, and they're driving into his mouth, <laughs> uh, and ends up like sucking them into the spirit world, and then tells them like oh you keep killing people with like um you just bring death to your neighborhood with guns and drugs well and you feel nothing well now it's time you learn how to feel and like it cuts down and they're actually like all on his fingertips like it's super weird like their bodies are his fingers and he like jabs his own arm with uh a needle of drugs and it all turns into fire and burns them alive and it cuts back and they're just their cars flipped over and they're all burned dead oh, shit. <laughs> and she comes looking for him um, now the social workers like asking questions, trying to figure out who he is and says, well, there was a cop like back in the day that went loony and then disappeared. And then this other Corrigan reappeared. Um, you get a quick glimpse of another guy who's working in like a law office and he goes and meets some woman, clearly like a blind date or something, hands her some flowers and then. She's, she seems like something's off. She's like, she doesn't know why he doesn't seem like he likes her. Like, she's like, oh, I'm not what you expected. Do you, is there something like you need to know about me or something? Like, like, um, you, she goes, oh, there's something you should know about me right, right away. He goes, I already know everything I need to know and like jumps at her with a knife. And that's all you get of that. And then it cuts back to Spectre. Spectre jumps into Snipe's mind now that he's back at the hospital. And their spirits start fighting, and you see that Snipe was actually the one that killed Spectre in the first place. Like, he he didn't like that he was in his turf, and he stuck him. He shot him and then stuck him in, um, like, cement to throw him into the river. 
and he, because he's in Snipe's mind, Snipe has all the power. So he shoves shoves Spectre into the barrel and then kicks him back in the water and tries to kill him all over. <laughs> but then he rises like kaiju style out of the water and takes down Snipe after as they're shooting him. Snipe rises kaiju style out of the water even bigger and just opens fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then Spectre, um, like they get into this really cool like kaiju fight. Spectre forms two guns out of the air, shoots him in the chest and tells him like, look upon inside yourself and know that you're empty inside. And as he does, like a black hole appears in Snipe's chest and sucks him inside and he ends up dying. And then like Spectre comes out and goes, well, that should have like freed me, like freed me from my vengeance. I should be like, okay again, but still there's more. I don't know. And then he walks away and that's the end of it. Spectre's kind of I've never heard I've I'm not gonna say I never heard of him but I've never like heard a story of his before. He's crazy. He man. sounds really cool, almost like like a beefed up like Marvel's cloak. Like yeah, just even like to an extreme. He he looks. I mean, visually he's really cool. Oh yeah, um, the he, panels are awesome. Have you ever seen uh, the Constantine episode where they tell that story? Yeah, they don't go full blown with the costume, but uh, they pick a really good actor for Corrigan. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm, that's one of the sad things about Constantine not getting future seasons because they would have absolutely. Oh yeah, they had a Doctor Fate helmet. They had some some Corrigan. Like I actually was expecting, wasn't sure what to expect with this. I was a little weary because I really wanted to read the Doctor Fate story, and obviously I didn't like it. So I was like, uh. right. <laughs> this was really cool, and this is the other that drug artwork. That panel is nuts. Um, I I really liked this story. I wasn't, I was pleasantly surprised with it. So let's see, I'm not as good as Chris. I forgot everything already. So, <laughs> we have oh, art, man. action. Oh, I got it all. Art. Best luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fired from your own show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, art first. Art had this really cool. Uh, it was very dark. It almost felt like I was watching like an old detective show while I was reading this. Um, and it's still old school style, but it's like you said with Superman, it's starting to transition into that newer look, but still it had this old gritty feel to it that I really liked. Uh, and the panels were there in the spirit realm just looked awesome. So and it was really like, it looked like a horror movie too. I really enjoyed the art. The art I'm going to give an eight. Okay. What year is that from, by the way? 92. I was just going to ask. So, yeah. This yours is 93. Oh, mine's 92 as well. This yeah, is okay. December of 1992, so, like, right on that, that cusp. Okay. Um, action. Action. Oh, there was so much action. It was so weird and so good. I'm actually going to give the action a 10. Oh, very nice. Um, the, Just, like, pulling the people, like, into his mouth and then, like, turning them into his fingers to stab them with drugs. <laughs> and, like, just the shootout kaiju battle, like, giant... They're both huge, like the size of skyscrapers shooting at each other, Tommy guns and pistols, like <laughs> so cool. Um, so yeah, a 10 for action. The story, there's a little bit, they are, it's, I'm going to give the story a seven. Okay. There is just that, that one random pan or two random panels pages, I guess, of this guy, like the serial killer. I'm sure they're setting something up for later. He's going to be a bigger villain. Um, and then this social worker they're also setting up, but it kind of like, even him fighting the drug dealers kind of like jumps away. Like it, the main story seems to be snipe, and it just seems like they're trying to add extra stuff into it a little bit. So the story I had a little bit of a disconnect with um, in that sense, but it was still really good. The main story was still very good. Okay. Then dialogue was. Wait, what did you give story? I'm sorry. Six. I blanked out. That's okay. I apologize. <laughs> good luck on your future endeavors. Oh, wow. <laughs> Receipt. <laughs> <laughs> um, this the dialogue was good, it, especially his. It was very like deep and well thought out. And actually, the opening like dialogue box is a Charles Dickens quote that I really liked. So I'm gonna give the dialogue an eight. Okay. What'd you give the dialogue again? Jerk. <laughs> 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 and then rereadability. I'd actually give this a ten. I'm. I would reread this again. I really liked it, and I'm probably gonna look for more Spectre stories now. Uh, just in my off time. It did like, sound really cool. Like, he created Black Hand for the Blackest Night series for Green Lantern. He actually burned Black Hand's hand off, and then, which just caused him to go look for, like, the Black Ring and everything of death. But it, it was just, I really enjoyed it. And he seems very interesting. He's like a 
Spawn meets Ghost Rider meets something creepier. Like I, it's very like horror-ish, but he's clearly a hero. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Okay. Uh, I, yes, you are. Forty-two out of fifty is your score for that book. Good so stuff. that's not bad. Um. All right. My book. Moving on is Batman: The Return of Scarface Part One. Oh, I love Scarface. Dude, I started. This is the first. I I remember from the cartoon, the animated series. This is the first comic book that I've read of him, and I absolutely love his character. So if I can go back in time and pick like that underrated uh, DC villain, you know, our, our 1A or whatever it was yeah. from the first episode, I would probably pick him. That's awesome. Honestly, um, it's from March of 1992. It is Batman 475. Um, and it, I actually really liked it because it focused more on Scarface and the ventriloquist, and not there was very minor uh, Batman stuff uh, going on. But it starts off in some warehouse. Uh, well, they're driving to a warehouse, um, and something's about to go on. Oh, they get this gang uh, comes in, and uh, there's eventually this big shootout. But uh, Batman, on the other hand, is facing a like a Almost like a drug, he's fighting almost a drug war, so to speak. He's saving, you know, people from jumping off buildings so they're all coked out of their mind. Um, this one guy, yeah, he jumps off. He's like, I can fly, I can fly. And Batman comes in and saves him. And, yeah, so let's see. Back to the warehouse where Scarface is. Um, they're standing there. Uh, somebody gets Rhino, uh, the big goon guy. Uh, gets knocked out, and there's this big fight, and uh, <laughs> Scarface slaps one of these gang members, and the other, is, and then the gang member takes the butt end of his shotgun rifle and just sm- he smacks Scarface halfway across the room. It's kind of funny, and he's he's you know Scarface he's on the ground. Uh, Ventroquist doesn't have his hand up his butt, so. Uh, <laughs> For our fans who don't know who Scarface is, can you explain just because? So he's like a living dummy, essentially, <laughs> like a puppet. He, if, if you ever watch Goosebumps, he's pretty much that. Slappy. Slappy, yeah. He's just, surprised he's never been done in live action. That's what I'm saying. Even, I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, my God, I want him. Even, yeah. like, Arrow would steal him for a movie oh, yeah. or something. I just, like, picture our fans going, wait, the Ventriloquist doesn't have his hand up his butt. What are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> And this now, also not to be confused. This is, no, this is not the Scarface uh, from the movie. Scarface, not El Pacino. Darn it! No, it is not. Um, so, <laughs> he, while in mid, he gets slapped again, and in mid air, no, he gets kicked. Excuse me, and then in mid air, this this gang member shoots him with a oh, it's a double barreled shotgun. <laughs> shoots him in mid air. And he's laying on the ground, and there's seven gang members, and they're all just shooting him on the ground. He's getting just destroyed. He's got bullet holes. Is he's all just torn up? Like it's just funny. It's just I, I just love characters with like Napoleon complexes, and then Scarface is like the perfect example of that. But um, they all just lit him up and leave, and everybody's sad. The ventriloquist is really upset. And Batman shows up to warn them about something and then sees that Scarface is uh, dead. And Ventriloquist is like, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't care about anything. I, I'm retiring. I'm done with this. And Rhino, the big goon who got knocked out, he carries the ventral, or excuse me, carries Scarface away. Um, there's a scene with Batman and Jim Gordon in the office talking about the drug war. Um, let's see. What do we got? Oh, okay. Bruce Wayne is out meeting, uh, waiting on a date, uh, with a girl who's actually a photojournalist, uh, for the Gotham City News and is out on assignment. Um, she shows up late to, oh, wait, no, she's out waiting for breakfast and she shows up and then leaves really quick in a car with, uh, another gentleman, so it gets shady. Um, Ventriloquist is sitting there, drinking away. He's almost glad that Scarface is dead. Rhino's building a, a mini box casket for him, and and they go to sleep. Um, some more drug stuff, and uh, they wake up. Or no, they're sitting there. Uh, Ventriloquist is just just destroyed. 
saucy. And they hear a knock on the on the little wooden box, and he's up, and he's all he's all messed up. He's telling his guy to uh, get parts and fix them up. Uh, let's see, this is a scene where Batman saves that that photojournalist. Uh, I don't recall her name, but she saves her from a gang, and um, he actually catches her kissing this other person uh, that she's on assignment with, and. Um, the guy's like, oh, you and Wayne, are you still going steady? And uh, she goes, we we used to be. And that's kind of the end of it. So he's a little hurt. And then at the very end, uh, Scarface is all fixed up. <laughs> he's got a sling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Scarface. Um, so, yeah, that was that. It was a part one. I'm not sure how many issues it ended, the story arc ended up running. But let's see. Let's go right into the art. The art, uh, yes, that early '90s art, as we, the two uh, Chris and Greg said, um, that on the cusp of the glossy, you know, new era art. But I still really liked it. Um, classic Batman look, but modern. I'm going to give the art a eight. Action, very minimal action. Uh, <laughs> but the stuff that was, it was pretty funny, especially Scarface getting just. Double tapped, and I'm using quotations because it was a lot more than double tapped. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, I'm going to give the action a six. Story. Uh, really good story, and I'm glad it focused a lot on Scarface, uh, not so much Batman. The, the Batman drug war stuff was minute in comparison to this, the whole Scarface, Ventriloquist, Rhino uh, angle. Um there was a lot of split time between the both. I'm going to give story a seven. Dialogue. Uh, love the way Scarface talks. He can't say the letter, is it B? Yes, he can't say the letter B. You know, the, the first thing, he's, he's Gak, Gigger, and Gold, Golder, Gadder than ever before. Because <laughs> he's got the big cigar in his mouth. So I think it's hilarious. The, oh the dialogue is really good. I'm going to give the dialogue an eight. Rereadability, it was a fun read, um, and I could I could just read Scarface lines all all day. Uh, I'm gonna give rereadability an eight as well, so that gives us a score of about my handy dandy calculator plus seven plus six, thirty-seven out of fifty. So not bad. Um, all right, gentlemen, on to the new stuff. New stuff. New stuff. And where'd you get, uh, let's where you got your books from, too, just so we can keep plugging, uh, our beloved comic book places. Um, yeah, well, my old was the, the book outlet store. Okay. Uh, in, in the Boulevard Mall. My new, I actually, uh, visited Empire Comics. They gave us a shout out, uh, uh, the other week. So, yes, they did. Wanted to, wanted to visit them, and I got, I was actually kind of brokenhearted. I had, uh, I really wanted Shatterstar number one. It wasn't there. They, they sold out. That's not on them. It's, but I thought it would be weird enough where people wouldn't want it, but, right. You know, so, but, so then I'm like, well, do I want to go with like, you know, Amazing Spider-Man number five? Do, like, I'm just looking. Thank God you didn't, cause we, oh, me and Matt both went that direction. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. And then, and then I'm like, <laughs> huh. And that, huh. Because it was Archie meets Batman sixty six. So good. Now, I, know I love that cover. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's been a lot of Batman on the show when we did the Jughead, the Hunger, and I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'm a goofy guy. I made like this, <laughs> and this cover is interesting. There is six variant covers for just this issue alone. Oh my god! So for every issue, I imagine there's five to six variant covers. I did just want to give a shout out. This is the. I mean. Chris, this is this would be your third DC book ever, if I'm not mistaken. Your first full episode doing DC. It is my first full episode doing DC. I yeah. think he gets a round of applause. Let's let's right in front of the microphone. <laughs> yes. I did do a uh, I did do a uh, Swamp Thing, uh, or no, it wasn't Swamp Thing. I'm sorry, it was Captain Adam with the Swamp. Yes, thing that's right. Comic book. That's right. Um, but yeah, just real quick before we get into it, uh, the the variant covers. It is it's Archie and DC, but it, it's. It's an Archie comic. Like, all the oh, ads yeah. are basically for future Archie comics. But the variant covers, I'm trying to pull it up here. Like I said, there's six of them, and I'll try to describe it to the people as much as I possibly can. To the people. But there was one, and there was a lot of copies, like a very cartoonish for kids one. 
I wanted this one. I couldn't find it. It's Julie Newmar's Catwoman doing the cat eyes on Archie. That's cool. And it's more of like, it's a more realistic art. There's another cool one where bat, uh, where Batman's surfing <laughs> with, with Archie. Um, there's a really cartoony one with Batman, uh, and Archie like climbing a wall. And then there's like a, a really cool 3D, like indie, like, yeah. um, and then this one, is stolen from the famous Batman fighting the shark scene. So I had, I had to get this. It's Batman running with a surfboard. There's everybody's on the beach and there's the Joker behind the rock. I love Batman's <laughs> swim trunks over his back. <laughs> you know, it, it's awesome. Um, I gotta say too, and this is may sound perverted. If you are a pervert, pick up this comic <laughs> because the, the they 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 don't fret on, on on details on siren and uh catwoman and you did Veronica. show me um i got to go to the bathroom real quick yeah. <laughs> like if you look at the cover yeah there's oh betty in her gosh. swimsuit and yeah it, it gets crazy but anyways my but, mom watches this show guys <laughs> she watches whoa, well whoa, listens whoa. you know oh, what man. i mean <laughs> she got cameras in here secret cameras she's just saying I, I appreciate greg's mom listening to our show my mom doesn't watch our show i'll tell you that uh, to our show. I, my mom doesn't I plug my mom my wife too much. Once. she's the best she really is the best the official mom of the she, she is the discussion. mom <laughs> <laughs> um so uh this is pretty cool. Batman 66. I don't know if they have a whole comic series or just Batman 66. If it is, I need to read it. Cause it is the hokiness of the TV show. Did you see, like, right before Adam West passed, they did, like, a Batman 66 animated? They did do the anime, and they got all the original voice actors, which is crazy. If they were still alive, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what, so here's where the world really connects in. So. Just to, you know, and this may be a little more longer description than my Superman one, but so it starts off in a diner and you have Joker, you have Penguin, um, you have the Riddler, you have Catwoman, and you have Siren. Crazy thing about Siren is I didn't really remember her from the Batman 66 show. I didn't even see every episode, so I looked her up. And this is where, like, the world goes around. She was portrayed by an actress by the name of Joan Collins, who's in a TV show I'm currently watching. Oh, really? The, the newest season of American Horror Story. So it's just, it's Wait. just crazy how the world, she plays the, uh, the grandmother who's like it's the soap her? opera actress. It's Are you serious? Crazy oh my God. How the world just like. I did not know that. Intertwines, uh, she, she, you know, she was in Batman in 66 and all these years later. But anyways, nonetheless, um, really cool scene. Uh, it opens up in Pop's restaurant and you got, you got, like I said, you got Catwoman, you got Joker, you got Siren, you got Penguin, you got Riddler, and they're, you know, kind of devising their plan. They made this, like, brain control device to control the adults in Riverdale, but they can't control the teenagers in Riverdale, and they're trying to figure out the teenage brain and all this and that. So, you know, they're, they're in Pops, and they, they have Pop brain control, like Pops bringing them out food and stuff like that, and it's, you know, it, it's good. And it looks like Penguin's a milkshake guy, or he loves ice cream. So, and so, it's just corny hokiness, and Archie and Jughead are trying to get into Pops, and Pops like, get out of here, get out of here, you're, you're, it's closed today to you guys. And like, Jughead's really mad, cause he's hungry, and like, there's a guy see where like, they, they kick, he kicks Jughead, Jughead out of, uh, Pops. So now they're suspicious. Like, what's going on here? Why can't we go and get some burgers and fries and whatnot? While this is happening, we have uh, Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson show up. Uh, and they're teenagers, too. And that's, so it, that's why they would be like, and they're like the new kids in town hanging out with Archie and them and this and that. That's and great. They, they, they got a cool sidecar. And Dick's in the sidecar, which is just <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> um, but so... They're talking. There's a, 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 a Archie gets a phone call. He talks to Ronnie, and they're they're wondering why they can't go in. What's going on here? Well, Veronica's having a pool party, so they'll probably go to that. Uh, and Betty, so this is the best. Jughead's like, no, I'm staying. I'm gonna try to get food. So Jughead's gonna still try to break into Pops. <laughs> this is a really good scene. So Archie's crushing on Barbara, and and uh, Betty likes Dick. And wait, say that again. Yeah, <laughs> Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. 
And there is a great, they're like, they, they don't have a car, so they have to ride in the side, in the side car in the motorcycle. Archie just on the back of Barbara Gordon, <laughs> all dreamed, like, like danger. <laughs> and then you have like, then you have Betty, like, on, on Dick Grayson, just like, hey, like, <laughs> um, so while this is happening, we flash back. I think we're back to Gotham. I'm not sure. It didn't detail, but, but Batman's chasing, um, some, some li- evil librarian chick and he gets into a secret, like, uh, the secret building or whatever. While this is happening, Jughead's trying to break into Pops and he even makes a comment like, Oh, usually I'm trying to, to, uh, leave before paying and now I'm breaking in. <laughs> like, but that's how he knows to go through the windows. So here he is. He's in the windows and he's about to go to the kitchen doors. And he hears this kind of like the plan that they're, you know, trying to take, trying to brainwash the kids, the teenagers, uh, that the villains are doing. And then out of nowhere, and this is a great thing. It's not a great thing. It's a great panel. Jughead gets punched by the Joker. (laughs) It's just pretty funny. Uh, so while that is happening, we go back and we got, we got, like I said, if you're a pervert, uh, we got Veronica's <laughs> pool party going on here. And, uh, they show up and, and, and they're realizing that Veronica's dad is acting really weird. Um, and, you know, and, and Dick and Barbara are kind of introducing themselves to the, to the rest of the crew and all that. And, you know, but then he goes, oh, I have to supervise the lair. So, they basically, the villains have brainwashed Veronica's dad into building them a secret lair that they're going to be. Because <laughs> right now their secret lair is Pop's Restaurant. <laughs> uh, while this is happening, and this is great, Batman is fighting a villain that was strictly made for the Batman 66 series called The Bookworm. <laughs> like, he, he literally is an evil librarian. <laughs> And, uh, he's got like this maze and everything and Batman gets through it and, and defeats his henchmen. And there was this device that, and it looks like it was a device that Bookworm tried to create to control the brain that Batman stopped. So I don't, I don't, they didn't say that, that the adults would be like turned like back into normal or what's going on there, but it looks like the Bookworm was involved with, with this scheme with the other villains. Well, while that's happening, uh, Jughead wakes up in Gotham. Into the Joker's, uh, the Joker's warehouse. And it ends with Joker is trying to bribe Jughead with a plate full of cheeseburgers <laughs> to kind of get into his brain to figure out the teenage mind so they can brainwash it. Very fun comic. Very weird. Very goofy. Uh, how do you do that? How do you just like always find the weirdest comic? Cause I, I was like, what's weird? <laughs> so uh, I'm glad I, I'd say I, I cannot wait for Iceman number two. I, I yeah. to read that, but, uh, Archie meets Batman 66. Very fun. Not something I would normally pick up to be honest with you, but it was kind of a week where I wasn't sure if you were going to do crisis. I didn't want to touch a Spider-Man book because those were talked a lot. I ain't touching Asgardians of the Galaxy number two. <laughs> so it, it was one of those weeks where do I do a comic that's a couple weeks older or do I do go something, you know, because a lot of DC titles are so far in, it's hard for me to grab yeah. one of those. But this third issue in, it was cool. Uh, it was fun. It sounds like a first issue. That's kind of interesting, too. It does. And what's crazy about it, too, is is like, Batman was really prevalent in the 60s, and Archie's comic style is really based in the 50s, 60s. Yeah. So it just worked. Yeah. So. That's cool. Um, artwork, the artwork's so cool. Uh, it re, it looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, I, I'm gonna give the artwork 10. I loved it. Okay. Sweet. For what it was, like, it's a, it like, was there better artwork in, like, Cosmic Ghost Rider? Yes, but for, it just portrays what it's supposed to be perfectly. Yeah. Um, action. Uh, there's that corny fight with the bookworm and then, <laughs> and then Joker punches Jughead, but that's about it. So I give the action a, a four. <laughs> there's not much going on there. <laughs> I can't lie about it. Um, storytelling, uh, story's kind of good, uh, with the villains, kind of their plan. They want to take out the adults. Um, 
I'm still a little uncertain about the brain control device and, you know, was it bookworms? Cause there's a brain there. I, you know, so I didn't get a full explanation on that. So I'll, I'll give that a six. Dialogue. Dialogue was really, really fun. Like I said, it was, it was witty. It was hilarious. Jughead was the star of this. Um, As he usually is. Yeah. Uh, Siren was great. She was awesome in it too. Um, the fact that the, 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 these comics, they look exactly like the actors that played them. You know, the Frank Gorshin Riddler, the Burgess Meredith Penguin, the Joan Collins Siren, the freaking Julie Newmar Catwoman, and the Cesar Romero Joker, like, they were literally, like, perfectly done. Um, so, and, and the dialogue was great. I'm going to give the dialogue, I'm going to give it a nine. It had some hokiness, but I'll give it a nine. Okay. And then re-rehability, um, this is fun. As much as there's things I've picked apart in the comic, it, this is a comic that you would tell your friends, like, hey, like, read this. This is weird. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll get, I'm gonna give it a 10. Okay. Very good. I can't, I'm surprising myself. This week. I'm, I'm, I rubbed really, off yeah. on you guys with that, with Archie and DC. I'm happy. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's do the math here. 10 plus 10 plus 4 plus 6. Plus nine. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine out of fifty for Archie and Batman sixties. Yeah, Batman sixty-six. Sixty-six. All right. Uh Greg, go ahead, bud. Like I said, I was in the same boat as Gullo. I was like set on Crisis. Uh and I was expecting one of you to do actually Magneto X Men Black. I picked it up, but uh I wasn't was, sure if was he was so gonna fun. pick that either, so that's another one. I, I just wanna read it. And we, we did so much X Men recently, I feel like. Uh but we're doing a lot of Spider Man. So I actually grabbed this. Uh it looked interesting. I'm a big fan of the Superior Spider Man series and this is Superior Octopus number one. It's setting up for the Spider Get in event. So I'll hop right into it. It is cool. Um you get – this was actually I, – I loved this. You have this bus just driving, and they're they're talking about whatever issues in the city, and a shovel flies through the front, and you immediately have the night shift show up. So Digger and Dancing Macabre, the Brothers Grimm, um, Waxman are all there. Uh, Skeen is there. If you don't know who they are, they're a very, like, weird set of Spider-Man villains. Um, this one is based in, I forget where this one is. San Francisco, I believe, is where this comic is based. I might correct myself. Yeah, no, San Francisco. He's always got the weirdest group of, like, oh, yeah. jabroni villains. Their <laughs> powers are so weird. Like, Dancing Macabre's ability is literally that she makes you dance. And Skeen's powers is she removes your clothing. <laughs> Legitimately, I wish I was kidding. That Her power, she controls fabric. And, Waxman is made out of wax. So they're there attacking this, this boat and all of a sudden, or this bus, the superior octopus shows up, which is basically like, it's a pretty cool, um, gray and green Spider-Man suit with the Doc Ock arms and starts just easily taking out the night shift. Um, she just, he has a sonic disruptor made for symbiotes that disrupts Waxman because he alters it just a little bit. He um he has goggles that make it so Dance Macabre can't hypnotize him, make him dance, and his ability his clothing is made out of nano suits, I believe. So Skeen can't remove his clothes and then he just goes in well Digger and the Brothers Grimm are just kinda idiots and just takes them both out easily. Um and he takes out the night shift and goes, Look, you guys, we're gonna go through this endless cycle or I can just pay you. You don't have to keep stealing, and you can be my surveillance for the city. He goes, rather than being criminals, like you can just do this. Like You're going to get paid more than trying to rob this bus, and you don't have to worry about anyone attacking you. And so the night shift agrees, and he makes them his surveillance for the city and basically turns them into good guys. And I love the line. like He goes, so we're good guys now? And the dance of macabre goes, who knows these days? Because all the bad guys are becoming good guys. Yeah. And it's exactly what it is. It goes back and... Um, a young Otto Octavius at the end of Superhero or Superior Spider-Man, he like jumped into a new clone body, but he's got Spider-Man's abilities, except he shoots ink instead of webs, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. And he's he's just a younger Doc Ock, so you get him kind of like talking about his past and um trying to become a hero. And he actually is he's still kind of cocky. He says like in the past, California has suffered the protection of weaklings such as Daredevil, Goliath, and the Spider Woman. 
Um, but now he's there and he's going to, he's going to change it and take care and protect San Francisco the right way. Um, he like how he didn't mention Venom. Yeah, I know. He's working as a, uh, a professor at a university, um, and runs into actually his old girlfriend from when he was a, the original Otto Octavius. Um, and she kind of recognizes him. He gets frustrated about his past and, um, kind of destroys his, one of his computers and blames on a prosthetic arm and another one of the doctors. Um, that caused a bunch of issues is talking to me. He's just kind of dial- like monologuing about um, everything he's gone through and how he's been incompetent and hurt this woman, specifically Anna Maria, and trying to be just a better person. Right. And she sees on the on her phone, um, she clearly recognized him, couldn't figure out who he was, that Superior Octopus is in San Francisco, and she looks at Otto and goes, you've got to be kidding me, realizing, okay, maybe making that connection that this may be him still. Um, you get a event on the bridge, the, the Bay Bridge, a bunch of, there's a, a, it breaks and a bunch of the cars are falling off of it and Octopus shows up and saves it. And one of the firemen starts talking and goes like, wait, weren't you part of Hydra? And he goes, well, like I was brainwashed by Hydra. That's all. And the, the fireman goes like, well, I figured that was something like that. Well, after tonight, you're all right in my book. And then you get him kind of monologuing again about um, being frustrated that he worked with Hydra and that he was part of that organization and how it's changing his name. And now he has to fix that. And as he's saying that and saying, well, he's glad to be done with them and no longer part of them. He walks into his lair where Arnim Zola is standing with a group of Hydra agents. And Zola is basically trying to recruit him. Um, and, they get into this huge fight and they're, they're talking and, um, he's basically like yelling at, at Doc Oxing, like, you're not a good guy. You still think you're better than everyone. You still think you're a god. Like you, you, it's even in your name, superior. Like you're, you sound like you're a member of Hydra. Um, and he gets into this fight and then the Gorgon shows up, but it's actually a uh, life model decoy of Gorgon. So he gets into a fight with him and they're still like him and the whole time he's fighting him and Zola are going back and forth. Um, he says how he's like a super genius. And as he says this, he actually rips Gorgon's mask off, which causes him to get turned into, um, stone. And like, Zola says, Oh, I'm the fool. You just released his greatest weapon. And then Gorgon smashes octopus and octopus dies. And as he's sitting there, he, um, Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking very fast, winded myself. Um, Zola picks up, um, picks up Octopus's head and says, you cut off the head of, um, of one and two more shall take its place. And Octopus says, prove it. And all of a sudden Gorgon's head's off and he, Doc Ock is standing back in the middle of the room. And you find out that from the, um, Spider-Verse story, that he actually succeeded in copying the um, the inheritor's cloning process, so he can clone his whole consciousness back into another clone. So when he dies, he immediately has a new body and a new clone, like oh, the life wow. model decoys, but with real human bodies. Um, and he tears Zola in half. So he now says, like, he's conquered death, he's immortal, I'm superior, who can stand against me now? Um, and it cuts away to... The Web Warriors, so you've got Peter Porker and Spider-Punk <laughs> and Captain Brit- Britain Spider-Man, and they're just talking about how they're actually in the process of de- destroying Loom World, which is the world of the Inheritors. Right. Um, and you've got one of the Clockwork Spider-Mans that's now the Web Weaver. And as all – they're just talking about how, like, they don't have a world to go to anymore and all the um, Web Warriors are about to return to their own home, and Loom World is just basically going to be this, like – base for those two to live in for um for captain britain spider-man and the other i can't think of his name um to live there and all of a sudden like an alert goes off and they've made it possible it's a little confusing um but because octopus is using the inheritor technology the inheritors are immediately able to start making they're able to hack into it the ones that are left and start making clones of themselves again and they call the web warriors and like, we have to go to war. We have to stop another world from being destroyed. 
and it you see like Spider Ham and Spider Gwen and everyone appearing, and the inheritors are coming back, and that's the beginning of Spider Gwen, and, and actually, so Octopus set off Spider Gwen. Wow, uh, which is cool. He was part of Spider Verse. He was Superior Spider Man at the time, and met like another Peter Parker. So it's kind of cool, and it reintroduces Six One Six again um, after Secret Wars, or yes. They didn't mention 616 at all, and it seems like they're mentioning it again. It was cool. I really liked it. It was very different. Um, I will go right away with the art. The art, it's, again, the typical new art. Um, the Night Shift looked kind of weird in it, but it's it's pretty good. I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Um, it was nothing different than anything else I've read, but it was still pretty good. Uh, action. Oh, my gosh. There was so much action. The fight... With the night shift was pretty cool, but his fight with Hydra and Gorgon was like six or seven pages. Oh wow! And it was just really well done. I, I really enjoyed it. There was so much movement, so many moving parts, like them cutting off the limbs and the limbs coming back, and um, it was just really good. Uh, the action, I'm going to give a nine. Okay. Really well told. Um, big fan of this. This iteration of Doc Ock. I was actually just saying how he still looks like the old Doc Ock, and now they kind of re reimagined him. Story. Uh, great story. It was setting up a lot. It is a little difficult if you didn't read some of the other Spider-Man stories. You don't... Uh, I was actually... Even someone else said this. You don't get the same gravity um, of Doc Ock's issues from the past as right. you would. But I'm still going to give the story an 8. Okay. I, I think it still does a really good job at recapping a lot of it. The dialogue is interesting because Doc Ock still talks very much like a villain, but everyone else is like words. Again, I I, I was listening to a couple other people talk about it after I read it, um, just because sometimes I like hearing other people's opinions. And the dialogue is very interesting. It's like you got everyone's goofy dialogue, and he's still like monologuing. And same thing with and him and Zola's dialogue they are just going back and forth insulting each other going on these long villainous dialogue monologues at at each other but it's done so well and it doesn't distract from the action i'm actually going to give the dialogue a 10 i was a big fan of the okay and then my last ability rereadability um i'd give the rereadability a six it's a cool introduction to a cool character uh I'm more interested in reading more about Superior Octopus and hope he gets more single runs um, outside of Spider-Geddon. I'm excited to read the Spider-Geddon event. I'm, I'm planning on picking a lot of it up. They did a, a Spider-Punk um, setup for it, but I'm very interested. But, yeah, I, I'd give it a six. This was a cool comic. It was, it was, it was better than I expected because I was really not looking forward to reading something else. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It, the costume is sick, and I really am looking forward to seeing more. Superior Octopus. Good, very good. All right, uh, Greg gives that book a score of 40 out of 50. I was really nice today. We all are. We all are. Um, all right, I'm going to get through our last one. We'll be all set. What is that? Oh, Ironheart? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my book is uh, it's like a rebrand of the What If issues um, that used to happen um, years ago. Uh, it's What If, number one, if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man, and this was really cool. Um, starts off, there's there's uh, people running around. There's some supervillains. I'm not sure exactly who um, off the top of my head. Oh, Masters of Menace, excuse me. And um, they're fighting in the middle. It looks like Times Square, and Spider-Man's just kicking the crap out of them. Um, and it's Flash Thompson, Spider-Man. On the side, it's kind of interesting little tidbit. You have Peter Parker. Um, taking pictures of the fight. Uh, but Flash, Flash is just giving him the business. He's super aggressive as a hero. And, um, and then the cops, like, an NYPD officer comes over and says, you know, here, we'll take it from here. And Flash's snarky response, which is, you know, typical of him around that, you know, time in high school, um, him, you know, being a boy. Sure, I do all the hard work. You guys show up and take all the credit. And, um, He's like yelling at somebody because uh, this well this mom is is comforting her daughter and is yelling at them, uh, showing them that you know the bad guy you know who's the bad guy and stuff. And uh, then he gets in Peter Parker's face. He goes, you know, you're the reason people are scared of me and you and your damn new photos. 
Uh, and he's like, how would you like to record my fist in your face, four eyes? And this is all, this is all in Spider-Man costume, man. So this is, uh, this is interesting. Um, so it goes through that. He, he goes off and the last little tidbit of that part goes, why can't you see I'm the good guy? Um, and then it goes to a scene. It says, in another life, I was named Nick Fury. In this life, I am the unseen who sees, who sees all. And they show a flashback of what happened as to why Flash Thompson became, uh, Spider-Man. And, he got bit instead of Peter Parker at that science museum. Um, he, let's see, first used his powers to make money, uh, and he played hardball. He actually stopped the criminal um, that wound up shooting Uncle Ben. So, hmm. which I thought was cool. Yeah, they showed that that scene where he was leaving the wrestling uh, venue, and he yeah he clotheslines the guy who stole their money. Um, and then he, it shows that he quit high school to become Spider-Man full time. And he was the most talked about superhero in in a time of heroes, um, and so it had a, it had an impact on J. Jonah Jameson too. Um, he believed in Spider Man. Something with his son. Um, he became okay. It says here became a believer after personal tragedy caused him to question his pro law and order convictions. Uh, I think it had to do with his son. Um, let's see. We're moving on, and also here in Peter Parker's life, Aunt May is sick. Deathly sick, and Uncle Ben is around. Um, let's see, it's going. Oh, Peter, Peter's doing photography to pay for his aunt's uh, medical bills. Uh, but let's see here. We're going to Flash Thompson. He lives in a trailer park. He pushes um, somebody over there, a neighbor who's harassing him, and goes into his trailer and finds Peter Parker sniveling through his trailer. And he goes, Flash, Flash Thompson, you're Spider-Man? And... Um, all meanwhile, something's going on in the, in the streets of New York, some incident that he should be taking care of. Um, but he's getting really mad. And Peter's like, please, please, you know, I, you know, I've been tracking you. I just, I just, need, I need help because my Aunt May, she's dying. And the entire time he's just like, shut up, shut up. You know, you're always jealous of me. Uh, you know, I hate you and stuff. And then he punches him. You ruined my life. Peter Parker, he go, he blasts out of the back of this trail, this mobile home, and he's dead. Peter Ooh. Parker is dead. Um, what? Yeah, no. it was insane. Um, he's just like, what? What did I do? He goes, no, 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 no. You know, I did it. I couldn't. I'm not. He goes, I'm, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. And the last scene. Let's see. He goes. He's fighting Doc. Oh, he's fighting Doc Ock. That was the incident that was going on. He fights Doc Ock, um, gets crushed, very rep- reminiscent to that scene uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming where the vulture knocks all those columns down and the building oh, nice. falls on top of him. Um, so he has a bit of an epiphany. He takes his mask off, um, just feels awful about killing Peter, and stands up, get, gets that object off of him, and he, he after he does it, he goes, I'm not a hero. And... Uh, Peter's dead, Aunt May dies, and the last scene is him turning himself into the police unmasked. Hmm. So that was really interesting. So it's what a di- crazy dynamic of um, of Flash Thompson as Spider-Man, so to speak. It shows you really, like, reading Agent Venom and taking that time, it shows you what Spider-Man did for him on the other end, like, how important it was that Peter was Spider-Man, because that's what made, like, Flash become a good life. person. Yeah, exactly. And if he didn't, like, he's a douche tool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. I what, like it. I loved it, dude. It was so good. Art, I'm going to give it 10. Love the cover. Action, very minimal, but what was there was uh, very important to showing who Flash Thompson was as Spider-Man. I'm going to give an 8. Story, I wouldn't. I would not mind them doing more. Uh, I mean, obviously he turned himself into the police at the end, and that's kind of all she wrote. Uh, but I would not hate more. Flash Thompson became Spider-Man. What ifs? I'm going to give that a seven. Uh, dialogue, really good dialogue. Um, it really just puts everything into perspective as to how different you know this world this world would be. Uh, I'm going to give the dialogue a 10. And rereadability, I am also going to give a 10. I would pick that book up again any day of the week. It was so much fun. Um, so I have a score of, let's see, 38, 45 out of 50. That is our highest rated book. 
this week. Uh, maybe even quite some time. Um, no, no, we had some really high ones. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah. We did. I think that might be my highest rated uh, individual book, not story arc, because uh, last week we were handing out tens left and right. Oh, yeah. Are you sure it beat X-23 or? <sighs> <laughs> On that <Never>. note. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, guys, um, that's our show. That's our show this week. Uh little quick one. Um, be ready for Daredevil next week. Uh, you guys have any closing statements? Uh, no, it's just going to be, like I said, some cool uh, stories we're going to talk about Daredevil. And, um, you know, this season three may be the last season, may not be. We're getting bullseye. Yeah. So, yeah, and, he's confirmed, man. Yeah, we're getting bullseye. And we're getting Kingpin's going to be a huge part of this one. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Good, good, good. Greg, how about yourself? I'm, I'm just looking forward to this. I hope it's not the last season. I'm kind of hoping to see Shadowlands and, and see some other stuff. But... Uh, I'm this we're getting to talk about one of my favorite Marvel heroes, so I'm pumped. Good. Very good. Um so that's that guys. Uh go support your local comic place. Um and if you liked if you liked what we you know what we had to say, leave us a comment. Um I picked up my comic at Pulp Seven One Six. Pulp Seven One Six that's right. I forgot I told Chris to do it, I never did it. Um House of Fantasy again. Uh for my new one, old book, used book outlet at the Boulevard Mall. Um Real quick, thank you for everybody that were did the Venom giveaway too. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The winners uh, will have been contacted by the time of release, and we'll get that all sorted out. So, yes, thank you very much, everyone, who shared the page. Uh, until next time, this has been another great episode of the panel discussion. Thank you. See ya.